So we'll begin this morning by the great renunciation ceremony of offering your most prized possession up to the Buddha. Uh, So those of you who (coughs) are willing to do that, which is highly recommended, uh, you could form two lines just on the side and one by one come and deposit your devices. If you've already given them up but would like to join in the ceremony, you're welcome to come up and just offer a bow. And for those of you who don't have them with you but are now inspired to do so, you don't have them with you, you can still join the ceremony, bow to the Buddha, and not forget to bring them to the manager's office. Uh, So, everyone can sit with great mudita, appreciation for the offering.
So this morning we're going to begin just with the basic foundational instructions for the whole practice. The discourse of the Buddha that outlines this whole path of practice, the Satipatthana discourse or the discourse on the foundations of mindfulness. In that discourse, There's one particular line in the refrain, which is repeated very often throughout throughout the teaching. Very simple statement. Be mindful that there is a body to the extent necessary for clear knowing and continuous mindfulness. Very simple, be mindful, and it's as if it's in quotes, be mindful, there is a body to the extent necessary for clear knowing and continuous mindfulness. So this is not a metaphysical statement. It's not, there is a body, and it's not some statement of of metaphysics. It's just a simple reminder to use the body as a framework for mindfulness, for understanding. To the extent necessary for clear knowing, which suggests that it doesn't take a huge amount of effort to be aware there's a body. Or as my first teacher, Munindraji, would say, sit and know you're sitting, and the whole of the Dharma will be revealed. So it's that simple sit and know you're sitting. Or using that phrase, there is a body, and intermittently repeating it to yourself simply as the reminder to settle back into the awareness of your body, however you're feeling it, your body posture, the points of contact, simply to the extent necessary for clear knowing. So there's no forcing, you don't have to get tight, it's not struggling to be with anything. (coughs) A big part of the meditation is really learning how to relax into awareness. You know, our center on the East Coast, IMS, is in Barrie, Massachusetts, and the town motto of Barrie 
is tranquil and alert. It's on the police cars. <coughs> tranquil and alert. That's when we knew we had come to the right place. Because that is precisely the balance we want in our practice. Relaxed, tranquil, at ease, not struggling, and alert. Not going to sleep in that relaxation. So we'll begin the practice simply by settling into the awareness of your body posture. And again, experiment and explore the use of the phrase, almost as a mental label, there is a body, just periodically. You know, you can use that as a reminder just to settle in to the simple awareness. There is a body. Sit and know you're sitting. Get a sense of the easefulness of it. to the extent necessary for clear knowing and continuous mindfulness. So we want to steady our attention on the awareness of the body, of the body sitting. And then within this larger framework of the whole body, an awareness of the body. Holding that larger framework, you might become aware of the body breathing. The feeling of the breath may be part of the experience. So there's no need to necessarily narrow the the focus of attention on the breath but simply have the awareness of the body breathing be part of that larger framework of there is a body. Within that framework, allow the breath just to be however it is. Not interfering, not forcing, not trying for anything special. Resting in that larger framework, there is a body. And then become aware of whatever arises within that framework. It may be the sensations of the body breathing. You may feel it in different places. 
Sometimes it may be the sensation of the air passing the nostrils or the movement of the chest or the abdomen or throughout the whole body. And again, no need to narrow the attention necessarily. Simply be aware of those sensations of the body breathing within the whole context of there is a body. Relax the eyes, the jaw and the shoulders, the chest and the belly. Simply rest in the feeling of there is a body. And stay clearly knowing of whatever arises within that. Allowing the breath to show itself just as it does. Sometimes it may be faster or slower, shallow or deep. It's not a breathing exercise, it's an exercise in awareness. Staying tranquil and alert. Not pushing, not forcing, not wanting. Simply settled into the awareness there is a body.
Sometimes it can be helpful to make a soft mental note or mental label of in and out or rise and fall along with each breath as a support for staying connected. Within the broad framework, there is a body. You may become aware of the sensations of the body breathing. You might become aware of other sensations in the body appearing. Simply stay relaxed and open to whatever presents itself. Let the breathing (coughs) be soft and relaxed. You may notice that occasionally the mind gets lost in thought. Just when you become aware that the mind has been thinking, 
Simply notice that and very gently reconnect with the feeling there's a body. Pay attention to whether you're forcing the breath in any way, even in a subtle way. (coughs) If you can hear your breathing, it's probably being forced a little too much. So settle back. Feeling the whole body. Soften the eyes.
If you notice the mind wandering a lot, you can use the soft mental note or label, there is a body, or in and out, or rise and fall. Use that as a support for more continuous attention. But without struggle, without forcing, simply knowing what's presenting itself moment after moment. Pay attention to whether or not you can hear your own breath. If you're hearing it, maybe a little too much forcing. Sometimes in those situations it's helpful to just keep the mouth open very slightly. It's a way of relaxing the whole breathing process.
soften the eyes and relax the shoulders. Be mindful there is a body to the extent necessary for clear knowing and continuous mindfulness.
When thoughts arise, simply let them come and go. The mind is carried away frequently, you can use the soft mental note. There is a body or in and out or rise and fall. Noting can be a support for continuous mindfulness. You you can relax into an easeful openness of there is a body. And then simply knowing whatever presents itself within that framework. Sensations of the body breathing, other sensations, sometimes sounds. There's nothing to get, only to be aware.
Well, for those of you who are new to retreat practice, every morning at this 8.45 sitting, there will be progressive instructions, you know, as the retreat goes on. For the many of you who are old and experienced, old yogis, <laughs> you're old, old and experienced, even if you're young, uh, you can continue with your own practice wherever it happens to be, but it might be helpful, even for those of you who are more experienced, just to give at least emphasis to the particular instruction, you know, each morning, uh, really as a kind of review, you know, just to again reconnect just with the basic, the basic practice can be helpful. Because sometimes, uh, especially for those of you who've been practicing for many years, we can get uh, caught in certain meditative habits that we may not even be aware of, you know, just doing it in a particular way that's uh, settled in over many years. So hearing the instructions again and at least spending some time uh, hearing them with a the beginner's mind and just reincorporating them into how you practice uh, can often enliven and freshen it. One of the reasons I like this frame, there is a body, is that very often people can get fixated in a certain way on the breath or narrowing too much, you know, and can be involved in some kind of interference or forcing or pulling it in or something like that. By having that frame, the larger frame, there is a body, and then simply being aware of whatever arises within that, what I found and have heard from many meditators is that just helps relax the whole system. It's easier to settle back without the idea of gaining something or getting something. Because there's a body that's just so simple and it's so present and so easeful and so effortless. You know, there's a body. We're just sitting and then simply being aware of what arises within that framework. Do you have any questions about these first basic instructions? Great. <laughs> Can all go home. <laughs> Success. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, oh, oh, sorry. Please. So I notice in my practice that there is um, sort of layers of thought, and some of them are getting distracted by big stories and falling into them, and. Um, some of them are much more thin and wispy, and there's a sort of settling into the breath. Whereas you get, whereas I got more and more focused on the breath, there's uh, l less of them come up, and uh, I can be really strict and diligent, and that brings the breath like much more to the forefront and lets everything else pass away. But it feels a little more aggressive, and like violent, like I'm the gatekeeper, just like being very, very rigid. 
And I was just wondering, uh, with the relaxing back into the body, is it better to um, relax into the body and let the thoughts that come up come up because that leads to more distraction for me? Or is it better to be more aggressive in like, I'm mm. just going to stick with the yeah, body? Yeah, and the yeah. Uh, it's a great question and I think it applies to all of us. It's the same phenomena that happens. Um, so it's the middle way between those two extremes. Uh, sometimes it is helpful to let the attention give more emphasis to the breath, especially if you notice that when you don't do it quite like that, the mind just gets lost in long stories. But to see if you can do that in with a receptive quality of mind, so you're receiving the breath, rather than, as you say, uh, aggressively uh, or more actively uh, trying to stay with it. Uh, so giving emphasis to it can be helpful you know, for that continuity and keeping the mind from getting lost in these long stories. But watch the quality of the energy with which you're doing it. You know, and, see if, and, and you'll have to play. You know, you, it's not that you're going to hit it perfectly or stay in that perfect balance all the time, but if you pay attention, um, I'm a little tight in holding to the breath, so then relax. If you know, oh, it's so relaxed, the mind's just going off in lost stories, so then you need to tighten it a little bit. And that's, that's really the playing of, with right effort. Uh, and that's an art. You know, and a lot, a lot of the practice, you know, even over many, many years, is continually refining our understanding of what right effort means. Um, yeah. Just one little suggestion. If you find that for whatever reason the mind is uh, frequently getting lost in long stories of thoughts, a very simple remedy that's been useful for me um, is just to open my eyes a slit. So not wide open, just, just a slight slit of openness. And what I found that by doing that, it really cut uh, that, those long trains of thoughts for two reasons. One is it's a bit unnatural to keep the, to keep the eyes like that. Uh, and so there's a little more uh, awareness of it. And we're getting a little, just a little bit of external input so that helps us remember where we actually are and what we're doing. When the eyes are closed, sometimes we can just get lost in the dreamlike quality of thoughts. You know, and can forget actually we're sitting in this hole, you know, meditating. So I've just found that a very immediate, simple, quick uh, uh, antidote to the long train of thought. Uh, it might be worth trying. All the way in the back. Uh, and again, this is probably no surprise, right? So I, every time I try to focus on my breath, I keep getting lost, and I try to follow your adage, simply begin again, and do it 20, 30 times. Mm -hmm. One of the things, I'm fairly numerical, so one thing I've noticed is if I keep a counter of how often I can stay on the breath, and keep that counter, it helps me sort of my mind not get distracted. Mm -hmm. Is that something 
you think is it hmm. okay? Is it because I'm sort of introducing that metric in hmm. internally? Mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, are you saying like counting the breaths? Yes. So I, I say, okay, fine, I managed to get a 60 this time or 25. <laughs> uh, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, there are lots of different tools, you know, that we can use for specific situations. So when you find the mind is just wandering often and that that helps, uh, it's a fine thing to do. Uh, <laughs> just pay attention whether in doing that you're giving more attention to the feeling of the breath or the number. Right. So you don't want to make the count the primary thing that you're doing. The primary is the feeling of the sensation of the breath. So the counting should be done really softly. You know, it's kind of in the background, just enough to keep your mind uh, staying with it. Uh, because sometimes people, the counting becomes the predominant thing. You know, and then it becomes uh, a little competitive inner competition. Uh, yeah, but, but generally as a tool, it's, it's fine to use at times. Wait, wait for the mic. Sometimes I find that um, I have a, an insight or a creative thought that I want to hang on to. <laughs> so I, I don't want to lose it after. <laughs> and then I get stuck in between hanging on to that thought or letting it go. I'm just wondering if you have advice for that. I have advice for everything. <laughs> Perfect. I have more well, questions. Well, good advice or not is another question. <laughs> so th there is a phenomenon called vipassana brilliance. <laughs> and so when we're sitting, you know, the mind can get so creative and, you know, all these brilliant thoughts. Uh, Generally, my experience has been that if there is, you know, something in particular that really strikes one and, uh, you know, that we would like to remember, uh, that if you simply make a determination in the moment, oh, just remember this, that that's enough. It doesn't need repeated rehearsing. It's just enough to mark it as it arises. Oh, yeah, this at least to me in this moment, this is important, you know, let me remember it. And I think you'll find that you do. You know, and at the end of the sitting, if you wanted, you could just make a very simple note and write it down so you're not worried about uh, losing it. Uh, so it can be pretty simple. I would be careful, I would be very careful about getting into a pattern of endlessly rehearsing the thing you want to remember, because that's just being lost it's just being lost in a dream. Yeah. Are there any women who would like to ask questions? <laughs> okay, the very back and then the one in front, and then we'll close for Q&A. Hi, so, a couple of things happen. Um, one is when... Um, comfortable with the breath, next thing I notice is my heartbeat just 
And um, I'm wondering what to do with that because um, it's distracting from the breath because it seems to be taking over mm-hmm. everything. The second thing is... Wait, let's do one at a time. Okay. It's my mind. The second thing would push out the first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not uncommon. You know, as we get quieter, we begin to feel all kinds of things in the body that normally go unnoticed. You know, and hopefully our hearts are still beating. <laughs> and so at times that will become, you know, predominant. I would just be careful. Uh, how do you say this? Just let it be part of everything that's happening. So you, no longer, you don't have to think, oh, I now should be focused on it, or I shouldn't be focused on it and be on the breath. Just let it be part of the whole experience. And I think you'll find the attention going back and forth between the feeling of the heartbeat, you know, for some moments, and then again the breath becomes predominant, and it'll be a, fore, a foreground-background kind of interchange. Uh, so you can stay very relaxed with it. It's not to make anything uh, special about it or doing anything special about it. Yeah, same thing with body sensations and emotions. Um, feeling of joy, happy, or feeling of sad, or, yeah. or tightness in some place. That, yeah. For now, just the same thing, as I said with that. But we will be talking in much more detail about each of those kinds of experiences in the coming days. They, they're kind of the, uh, the theme of the instructions of how to work with emotions, how to work with thoughts, how to work with more intense sensations in the body. So all of that becomes part of the practice, and we'll be, we'll be talking about that in successive days. But for now, do just, of just letting it be there and come up in the bigger context, letting them come and go. Okay, uh, I'd like to just go over the walking meditation with you. Uh, the walking practice is a totally great practice. Uh, and in some way, in my experience, it's what translates the most into our life outside. Because mostly in our life in the world, we're not sitting still for an hour at a time. We're moving a lot in the course of a day. From practicing the walking meditation, at a certain point, mindfulness of body movement, of the body moving, just becomes the default. So you can be walking down the street, and because you've practiced here in a more intensive way, the mind I think you'll find over time the mind automatically just settles into the body aware of taking a step. Instead of walking down the street thinking about everything you have to do and where you're going and being lost in thought. It's also a very uh, uh, easeful or uh, good way of strengthening the concentration because the movement of the foot and leg is so apparent. You know, it's not, it's not a super subtle thing that you have to really be uh, very concentrated to feel. It's just so simple. You know, we're taking a step and we're feeling the movement. So that practice uh, develops in a very a significant way the ability to stay continuous. 
you know, in mindfulness, which then carries over into the sitting. So I really want to encourage you in the walking periods to really do the full walking period. Uh, because often people on retreat, you know, the sitting is the main thing and then walking is kind of like a recess. It's not a recess. And in fact, just as a little mental game, generally what we do, you know, the sitting is the most important part of the retreat. And the walking is kind of, yeah, it's important, but not quite as important. And then all the other activities that we're doing all day, they come in third place. So what I suggest is you just reverse that order in your mind, just as you're holding the retreat. Give highest priority to being mindful to just your ordinary daily activities. So that's your emphasis on this retreat. You're going to pay attention to every step you take. And it can be at different speeds. But you're going to really emphasize the continuity through the day. And then the second most important is the walking meditation. Right? So you're really doing that with diligence and relaxation. And the sitting is the last in importance. I think you'll find that that really uh, integrates the whole day of practice. Um, so you can just play with that. Uh, we'll just go over the walking very simply. Uh, so if you would all mindfully stand up. And watch what it takes to stand. It's, it's quite a complicated process. Okay, we're going to just do a couple of minute exercise. Uh, and just for this part of it, if you close your eyes, <coughs> just settle in there is a body. Just feel yourself standing. Very simple. Open, relaxed, tranquil and alert. Be mindful that you're standing. And what's, what's being felt. And then very slowly begin to shift your weight onto your left foot, feeling the sensations of that movement. So it can get very refined. Well, there's a lot going on in the leg that's where there's increased weight and the other leg, the release of the weight. And then very slowly shift back to the other foot. And then all your weight onto the right foot. And you see how easy it is to be aware of very subtle sensations. And then just go back and forth once or twice more, slowly, really feeling whatever it is that you feel in that movement. And come back to center. And for this part, to open your eyes, because you'll be normally walking with your eyes open, is just lifting the right heel and feel what that's like, what happens as you lift the heel. Maybe lift and lower it a couple of times and just tune in to what you feel in the body, in the foot, in the leg, in the torso. What happens as you lift? 
And then being careful with your balance. Take a, just a short step forward, feeling the forward movement, and then the placing. And then the weight shifts forward. And then lifting. And then moving forward. Placing. So this is it. It's not complicated. (laughs) What we want to do in the walking practice is find a place where you can walk back and forth some 10 steps, 20 steps in length, whatever's comfortable. But it's not... The walking period is not for going for a walk. It's really to find a or create a path for yourself, back and forth. You can walk at different speeds. Here, now we did it very slowly just to show you how carefully things can be felt and how subtle the sensations uh, can be in the movement. But you can also walk at a more normal speed. If one were using the noting in the walking, which you can do sometimes and experiment to see if that's helpful, At a faster speed, you might be noting just left, right, left, right, or stepping, stepping, something like that. In the very slow walking, you could be noting lifting, moving, placing. So you're really breaking the step up into three parts and feeling that. Basically, the rule for how fast you should do the walking, and it can vary within one walking period, Uh, walk at the speed that keeps you most mindful. Because it's not, again, it's not a movement exercise. It's an exercise in awareness. And we're simply using the movement of the body as a vehicle for developing awareness. So it's not the speed that's super important. What's important is how mindful you are, how aware you are, and sustaining that as best you can. Perhaps the shift that most impacted my walking practice, and this happened after many, many years of doing the walking, and then one time something just clicked and it changed everything. Ready? (laughs) This is is big news. So much of the language we use, meditative language, is watching language. Watch, notice, observe. That's very often the kind of vocabulary we use. But it's not actually the best vocabulary. Because, especially in the walking, it suggests that we're up here someplace observing, even if we're not looking with our eyes at it, but it's that sense of separation. Like we're up here and we're trying to track the movement. So there's an inherent tension in that, because it's as if we're separate from the movement, observing it. The big shift happened when I just changed the language of how I was languaging it to myself. So instead of the thought, observe, the movement, I started using the vocabulary of feel the movement. Just feel the movement, feel the touch. Observing is from the outside looking at. 
feeling it is from the inside. It's like dance or tai chi or yoga where we're in the body simply feeling it. It's completely effortless. Well, just as one little experiment, just if you would move your arm and simply feel the movement. Maybe change the speed, dance with it a little bit and just feel it. Is there anybody who can feel their arm moving? Do you see how simple it is? It's completely simple and ordinary, but we're there, we're, we're in the body, we're embodied in the movement. So when you're doing the walking meditation at whatever speed, just remind yourself you're just taking a step and feeling it. Take a step and feel it as you're moving. That change for me just made the walking practice much more delightful and easeful and less tiring. There actually can be just a great enjoyment about being so embodied, you know, where we're not in our heads looking at things, we're in our bodies feeling them. Does this seem clear? Any, any questions about this? Yeah. It is. It is. I think it's, it, the difference is more noticeable, I think, in the walking, but it's the, same, it's the same principle. It's like feeling, for example, the breath or sensations, rather than the sense of looking at. Uh, because in the feeling of it, it's, it's as if we become one with the experience. We're not, we're not separating ourselves out from it. Uh, so again, play with it, you know, and I, I think you'll you'll find just how easeful it is. And if, you know, if at any time you feel like you're struggling or you don't quite you know, remember uh, how to do that, stop for a moment and just move your arm again. Because for some reason, people seem to get it more easily. You move your arm, yeah, sure, no problem. But somehow, walking meditation. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, our minds are nuts. <laughs> so use the walking period again you can walk at different speeds find the path back and forth and just feel the movement the, mi the mind will wander undoubtedly but as soon as you're aware of it just come back if you've really been gone for quite a while you might stop for a moment you know, recenter and then begin again so is that clear for the walking okay have fun Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.